everybody say it mean? Who's that out there living the dream? Let's blow him the bean. Who's that still smoking all that green? Let's blow him the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's blow him the bean. Let's blow him the bean. Let's blow him the bean. Go. Welcome back, everybody. What a hell of a weekend. What a hell of a week. Woo! It so from the last time we talked to you to today, it has been one of the most trying weeks of my life. Yeah, I would agree. It has been tough. If you guys didn't know, here in Florida, on the East Coast, we didn't have a hurricane hit us directly on, but Irma left her mark. And that bitch was nasty. She was nasty bitch. You know, and she was a big bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she was. She engulfed our entire state and knocked out power for over six million people. Uh, so everyone. It, this is now Thursday, the fourteenth, and it has. I we're still we're four in a makeshift studio, so if you hear a little weird echo and yeah, some wildlife are, out yeah. in the nature, it's because there's wild hoarding packs of dogs that are roaming the streets <laughs> right now, up. trying to uh, take people's goods. They're back trying to take people's MMA picks. <laughs> trying to be the underdogs, but the, it ain't gonna happen. So a lot of people haven't had power we're some of those people and yes and unfortunately i got power back yes or fortunately because yeah. we're sitting right now in air conditioning it, with a little bit of a makeshift studio um and we actually live across the street from each other being don't have power it sucks ass <laughs> and it feels so weird so to complain ass. just even though i have power today and i got to sleep in it last night um, there's people that were devastated by this storm. Well, there's actually groups of old folks' homes where uh, mass casualty events have happened. Because of the heat and no power. Exactly. And people, I have to say, for all the haters that are, oh, big deal, you don't have power. Have you ever heard not to leave your dog in the car during summertime? <laughs> Well, that is every single person's house in the state of Florida is a dog in a car in summer, but we're dogs because we all have boards up on our windows and some of those boards and some of those things need special equipment to put up to hold it and we can't run that equipment to get it off because we have no electricity and so a lot of us are stuck inside these houses and we were under threat of Jose, which we seem to be out of the woods of, but there's two more storms behind it. We're in the middle of storm season here in Florida, and it is why we live in such a beautiful place. There's got to be a little bit of danger. There's got to be some sort of punishment or repercussions for being living on a uh, eternal coast. Peninsula, yeah. Right. So, hey, 320 days out of the year is pretty awesome. Because <laughs> it gets hot. It gets hot as well. There's days where you're like, eh, I'm going to stay inside. It's a little hot. And, um, Florida, Georgia, a lot of people left our side of the state because we were under the impression we were going to get the storm before anyone else thought they were going to get it. And 
Um, so we prepared earlier on our side of the state, and the people that left drove to the west side of the state or north of Georgia. Yep. And then they lost power in Georgia as well, and the west coast. They got still got a T one. They still got a T one hurricane. I have to yell at dogs. these wild dogs out there at the street barking and everything. Shut it! Oh man, you should have seen those things. One of them was only got one leg. <laughs> <laughs> I just yelled at a one-leg dog like that. <laughs> so, um, with the evacuation that ended up happening out of Florida, there was actually like a point in time far before the news ever said uh, to stop leaving the state because exits were shutting down because towns didn't want people to come in and take their fuel and fuel trucks had to be escorted in and out of areas but there was a ton of stranded cars and people all over the roadways and yeah, for the news didn't that cover this. That you could just, news didn't cover oh, this. All those idiots that didn't leave. It became an impossibility to leave. A third. A couple days We are in. the third biggest state. In. The third biggest state in the whole country, and a third of our population was on only two major roads that go north and south out of our state. And they never reversed the roads. They never reversed them. And they should have a long time ago. But um, when this is the other mistake they made. If you're going to evacuate, I understand you want to get people out of Miami, but what you do instead is you file out the same way you do out of an airplane. You do it, you don't do it, when you're filing out of the airplane, you don't do it from the back of the plane to the front. You get the front people out first. So I kind of think it's like, okay, we're going to have, we kind of have an idea we're going to have to start evacuation for the state. If you're people in Jacksonville or the north area of Florida and you think you might leave Panhandle, now's your time. You give them a day. Then you tell the next people down, the next people. By the time you get to Miami and Key West, the roads are clear. Everyone that's going to have left their house has left their house, and then they can reverse traffic, and those people can zip in the amount of time it takes to get from Miami to Jacksonville or Key West to Jacksonville. Right, even faster. They can zip right up because nobody else is going to be on the roads at that point. Right. I think there's smarter ways to do it than the way they've decided. It was, I Gas believe... is scarce, people. Hotels are scarce. Like, it becomes... And yeah. hotels in Georgia become scarce. And guess what yeah. else? Louisiana has a bunch of survivors from... Hurricane Harvey that happened a week before. There was nowhere for Floridians to go this time. Other than the northerners that went up north, I did see, I felt like Facebook if you turned have money, into... Yeah. If you have two weeks of money to just be able to take a random vacation to Tennessee or Kentucky. Right. Well, there was people that immediately after the hurricane, even though they didn't say come back into the state, people were already coming back. Um, I feel like Facebook turned into way more informational because like with the power trucks we've been tracking down the power trucks in our town's Facebook and we've been doing stuff like that and people have really come together I've seen a lot of people have like all of a sudden um I need boards I need this and people they don't even know being like I got two guys going there right now with boards the amount of humanity that I have seen with the people that stayed in Floridians has really changed my point of view of Floridians and don't get it twisted Floridians are not northerners in Florida. It's a two two totally different things. When they decide to stay year round, then they're not northerners anymore. But the people that come back and forth are assholes and they fucking do it's unbelievable the amount and they all talk with such an accent that you know where they're probably from in the country and unbelievably rude things just because they're like, I gotta get mine and you're like, you don't understand or you we don't care. We work together right, right now or we're gonna be in bad And Floridians got that. For all like met neighbors that I never cared to meet, but now I know and 
it's just interesting. Um, the it's how it's gonna work. If shit really hits the fan, you can't be a lone wolf. It's I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones, yeah. but the lone wolf dies. The pack survives. The lone wolf wolf is a myth. It just it is. Even with these fighters that are individuals, you don't see the twenty five people that are structured around these fighters' lives. Okay, maybe like five or six people that are structured around these people's lives in order to get them at the levels they are. It's not a lone wolf. They, nobody goes in and just trains in their garage. You need a team. You need to if work we're together. Get to that next exactly. Level. Bringing it back to the MMA. Yeah, if we're going to get to the next level of humanity, though, we kind of got to do that. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, uh, it was nice to see some people getting there. So, with we've been up. We we got some Twitter. We still had the Twitterverse live. We still had other Guess what? Before we lost power, we were lucky enough to watch all of UFC 215. All of it. And we saw the tropical storm of Shevchenko because she won't know Hurricane. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, no. I, you got to beat it. the champ to be the champ. and well, Let's get into that at, at last woo, of the night. Woo, woo. So Anything the else we're talking about of the night? Or is that all you can really think about? Uh, for the hurricane hard? and all that good stuff. Yeah, anything for UFC 215 that well, you Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was a couple exciting performances that I did like. Um, well, not... Some of the things I want to talk about, the ref in that Glenn Tucker fight, that ref has now been cited that people have said on the underground that he's been told he's not going to be on the roster anymore for the rest of the year, just so he knows. And rightly fucking so. Tucker, as a young fucking man, never needed to take that that much of a beating. Um, the first round decisively got his ass kicked. Second round should have stopped it into the first minute, two minutes of that fight, it went to a decision. Or no, I think it finally finished TKO in the last third minute, but it was unreal. Um, did you happen to catch that fight? Yes. How? That dude got his ass beat I thought it for was... three fucking rounds. It was unreal. Uh... He lost years of his life in that fight that he didn't need to lose. That he could have stopped the fight. And then people but are then, saying yeah, the coaches... Throw in the it towel. It is your corner, and it's yeah. something that is utilized so much more in boxing yeah. than it is in um, You save MMA. a fighter from himself. Not only do you save a fighter from himself, potentially exactly what you said, but if you're not only taking years of your life off getting a beating like that, I can say for a fact you're taking at least a year off your MMA career. Yeah. And on it, for the MMA fighters that fight in the UFC, that's at least three fights. Like, if you're yeah. one oh, of these yeah, guys, yeah. Have, so three fights that you're missing, even as a bare end fighter, maybe that's 18 grand, maybe that's 30 grand that you're going to be making off those three fights, that feeds your family. Right. So that's one more year that you don't get to be in the UFC because of the bad ref. But the ref has no vested interest in you. The ref's there as long as you're whatever, protecting yourself, like whatever the rules are. But there are. was multiple times where he wasn't. He was just eating shots, but they were on the ground. So I feel like the ref was like, oh, they're not standing. So these strikes don't There's matter. There's a whole bigger problem I have with MMA right now. And I don't, I don't even know if I should start talking about it now or get into it with Shevchenko Nunes. But it's because I feel like the... Something needs to happen with the rule set. Something has happened in the last year. The rules have changed. In the con- yeah, yeah, since the rules have changed, though, something has happened to MMA where, and I don't mind point fighters, but that's the new champion. The new champion isn't somebody that's going to risk anything. It's somebody who's going to go out there and Tyron Woodley, Amanda Nunes, 
like, I mean, the only thing I can say about Bisping, even though his only title defense is against Dan Henderson, uh-huh. he did. He went out there and risked it. He didn't try to play safe either fight against Rockhold or Henderson. So uh-huh. it's like something that you have to give somebody like him or um, uh, Joanna, uh-huh. uh Chris Cyborg. There's a certain few champions that still look like they're looking to do some risk factor in their so fights. So with that, and I think the Hawani show talked about it really well, was where it needs to change is the pay structure. It's because as soon as you're not the champ, your pay goes down uh, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So people are like, I'll still get a W and I'm going to still, I'm going to get four I'm going to get paid that time X amount of times over. But, um, it's because people are have to pay or have to win to get the second half of their check, and that's bullshit. And I agree, people shouldn't have to. It should be a lump sum because it doesn't matter if you get a knockout or get knocked down in the first thirty seconds. You're in every fucking penny in there because you're putting I it agree. on the line. I totally agree. Um, so it's a pay structure. I think that this is the it's it the organization. Be a they should get yep. all their money, and yep. then there should be the knockout of the night. Bonus is still on top of yes. that, a hundred percent, because these guys. Via Mark Hunt, as of late, did you hear what he was just saying? People can start to hear, I quote Mark Hunt now, um, saying that you can now start to hear the slur in his speech and stutter in his speech of a lifelike And look at the Brock Lesnar fight. And then you get into a whole You get into a whole nother talk of certain fighters being allowed to fight on PEDs and sketchy shit happening in the back and look at the outcome of what's happening to Mark Hunt or look at Daniel Cormier. Look at what he took from John Jones just recently. The, the, the beating he took at the end of that howl, maybe it was only on, if you're being the nicest person on it, maybe he only took three of the hardest strikes they've ever seen a down opponent take unnecessarily if you're being kind. But it was more like six or seven of how many times John Jones hit him in the head after the fight should have been called. And that's a steroided up guy. Yep. So I just, there's some stuff that, I don't know if MMA is, to me I'm almost like, they should just be allowed to juice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I agree. I, you know what I I've know said about it. Safer. We need two leads. I don't know if it's getting more exciting. Just like bodybuilding. Just yeah. like bodybuilding. Yes, it is two totally different things. Yep. I don't know. I just, but back to the, the, Ref really has no vested interest in either fighter. He's there for the whole of the match. Your corner has all vested interest in you. There needs to be something in MMA that it doesn't take off anything about your manliness. Sometimes you're just getting your ass beat, and if you're a good corner enough to throw in the towel, yep. like obviously you love your dude, you know once your dude sobers up from being punch drunk and watches the tape, He's going to say, thank you. God damn, you could have thrown it in 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't winning that fight. There, there was nowhere I was going to win that fight. No, yeah. yes. Sometimes you're just it getting your ass nut. beat. Yeah, it was a complete ass beating. One of the worst you'll see in a long time in that ref. For a good thing from what I've heard of value sources that he ain't on the roster anymore. And that needs to be done. Well, everyone has a fuck up. Yeah, Herb has a lot of fights we don't talk about. Where he's in. 
because you you don't think about it because he does his job perfectly. I feel like there needs to be the guy in the ring, but then there needs fuck the judges. The judges, I just feel like the judges are bullshit. They need to have ex fighters be the judges. There's so much they're not seeing. There's so much of the ground. They're all former boxing. Yeah, it, it doesn't make they're, sense. They, which goes into more of yeah. now we're seeing the fighters fight this way to get these certain judges because they're realizing it's better if I stay on my feet because this is what the judges are gonna notice. And it's, they don't get it. They don't understand the exchanges right. on the ground. I'm, it's kind of bumming me out. I'm starting to just notice it fight after I fight. I looked into it in, for this state to get into it. And luckily, there is new crews of people getting in. But like most corrupt commissions and all this stuff, the judges weaseled their way in at the beginning. And they ain't giving up them spots. No, no. No. And all the, They're getting paid thousands of dollars. And the refs aren't... I can think of more bad ones than good ones, and every ref's gonna have fuck ups. Everybody. I'm not saying get rid of refs and everything, and it's people's careers, and but they could be downgraded. There should be a point system, so a good ref that like the uh, there should be a panel that looks at the card afterward and the decisions the judge the ref made in that, and they should get a point on that, and that moves them up the tier, and then they should lose points on that, but that moves them down the tiers, and if you're the top 20, you get to do the UFC, and otherwise you do undercards. I think it's just, they could do it in a smart way, that it would pay to be a good fucking ref. You'd know percentage-wise that you had the best ref in the ring, because 88.8% of the time, he made the call right. And everybody says that about Big John, but I can think of some Big John fuck-ups. Yeah, it happens to... All I mean, yeah, and you can't see everything, and it seems so dramatic in there. What else in that fight card? Um, the other things that stood out, Adriana Martins fucked every one of my cards. That that was a good one. Oh, I had my worst night ever. It was. I think I got rough. one of 12. I, I think a lot of people did. There was a lot of upsets. A lot, a lot of upsets, but not the ones I picked. Oh. <laughs> I'm most upset, though. Valentina. I was waiting. I didn't even care about the rest of the fight. And, you know, I have to say, though, after sleeping on it over and over again, she didn't deserve the belt. I feel like she won to me after rewatching the fight and looking at it with my... Um, in, I can watch it in slow motion. I can rewind things. Mm -hmm. I can do all this stuff. She won the fight. She won the fight three rounds to two, maybe four to one, in a way. But I don't. I think the first round was a draw. She wins two, three, four. Amanda wins round five. That's what I think. Uh -huh. Even though I do agree, once Amanda got her down, she didn't do shit with it. Valentina but got it more hits from the bottom. That takedown is but huge. that takedown is worth nine punches yep. in my eyes. Yep, exactly. So, Significant punches. Yes, in yes, that. yes. Yeah. So, and that's the number one problem with this whole fight. What you just said. Significant punches. Uh -huh. There was none thrown in the whole fight. Yeah. I would like to say Valentina threw the ones that were thrown. But she looked tight in this fight. She didn't look like she looked against Holly Holm. I feel like the perf what people have been saying all over is that this was like uh, Thompson Woodley too. And I agree. I said that. Oh, right. Right, right, yeah. right. It, was, it is the truth because both of these fighters now knew what each other had. So Valentina wasn't willing to take the risks that she did in the first fight because she didn't know the power of Nunes. Now she knows it. Yeah. So, I mean, the rivalry's dead. How do you have a rivalry with it's two against... Oh, I mean, she can come... 
the 125 division is going to need a champ, and guess what, everybody? I got one for you. I got one. Yeah, Val becomes the 125 champ. And the way this sport works, even though I hate it and I love that she didn't cut any weight at all for right. the division, it's not the way the sport works. Yep. The yeah. advantages do give too much. I mean, Leona's And if big. you really look at it, the what, what we know about this, Amanda has a good, very good chance at being the 145 champion. She right. has a very good chance at being a 145 champion. Shevchenko has every chance in the world of being the 125 champion. All of a sudden, they're fight the 135, they are fighting in weight classes that should they neither of them should really be in. Uh -huh. And Amanda, one of the bullshit things about this fight to me is how much more time did she have to make that weight? Right. She what, five more months? Not not that long. Five more weeks, six months. I think it was two months. Two months. Uh -huh. So and then another thing I didn't like, I never seen it. You're allowed to wear your nose your nose stretcher outer all the way to the ring. That's She's allowed. just proving a point, everyone. I have sinusitis. She's got sinusitis. Sinusitis. <laughs> yeah. But I, um, it was a disappointing fight, and I don't feel Val looked too tentative. And she countered amazingly. I would say every time Amanda tried, I think Amanda got one clean punch on her. Everything else was Val. It just wasn't very significant enough that if I were sitting in the judge's chair watching it, that you would know to give her the round because what Amanda did was more dramatic. Well, and Amanda and did hold, control. I was about to say, which ring control is in the judging criteria. So Amanda did have that the whole time. Shevchenko had her back to the fence the entire time. And that ring generalship, if you want to say, went to Amanda. But that's where... You gotta beat the champ to be the champ, and she never beat the champ in that fight. She yeah. drew her at best. I like to say she won because the significant strikes stats potentially, um, but I can see as well those two takedowns were huge. And that first takedown came from a shitty head and arm toss, which in wrestling, they teach you day one, they say, this is a head and arm. You can win the Olympics with this move, and you can lose to the fucking shittiest guy in the room by missing it, because if you miss it, you're, you give your back. You go, like, you lose position, you lose points. So that's why a lot of teams just don't advise it. They're just like, here it is. It's the only time you're ever going to use it. I see you, you're going to run two miles. Like, people don't want you, but it's a tool in your arsenal. Um, yeah, it almost looked uh, good for Val for a second. And, you know, and she's done know. that same same uh, judo toss a few times, and everything Head has been okay, wrestling. but uh -huh. it was not... Not it did not work for her. or what I would say is Amanda's wrestling took over and beat Shevchenko's judo in that moment because of what you just said. It's one oh one. I don't nothing against Shevchenko. We know she's been working with Rose on her ground and everything like that at elevation, but not to the extent probably that Amanda's been working on it at ATT. So yeah. she would fall back on her traditional judo, uh, judo uh -huh, which uh -huh. is no match for American wrestling. And it was in that moment that you just said it was, it looked, it was Amanda had control, Shevchenko had control, yeah. Amanda had her back. Yeah, she slipped by. Um, anyway. Other quick ones, I know we just went over the main event, but that um, Mitch Clark, White TKO, Alex White saved my night with that Mitch Clark. I feel like it was spot on, even though it came in the second round. And do you remember that Shin? Gil Melendez versus Jeremy oh Stevens? My <laughs> gosh. I know, we skipped to the main event, but I, we're just free flowing. We're hurricane. We're in a hurricane status <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah. 
So give us a break. Give us a break. We're all over the place. We got a little wind I in our hair. I forgot about Jeremy Stevens, Gilbert Melendez. Woo! Oh my god. I mean, that's as broke as a leg as you can see. That ain't broke. Like he's sw- it's swollen. He's put out pictures, but the hematomas on that. Another fight that potentially the corner should have said, "We'll we'll have you fight another fight, dude. We'll have you fight another fight." And. I feel like the corner could have thrown that one in, if not the ref. There was multiple times when he fell that it looked like a TKO to me. I'm like, that's a that's a her Stop. fighter. Stop like, it. It's yeah, over. You've done that too many times. Too many times. Like on the first time, no. Second time, <laughs> hey, if you do that again, I'm especially with those hematomas. I'm thinking that's broken. I'm thinking he has a fracture through the bone. All I the think way you through. have a fracture and your skin's filling with fluid to protect yeah. your leg right now. Yeah, and it's gonna bend in half. I kept thinking uh, gonna, Corey Hill, yes. Anderson Silva. Uh, yes. I was I was like that thing's gonna fucking bend in the middle. I'm telling you and. Props on we you. were watching it like Stephen King's it. Oh, it hurt my stomach. Ah! Ah! Stop! Stop the fight! And for Jeremy Stevens, they like poor guy. He's trying to not poor guy because they're in there doing it. But like sometimes you, he kept kicking the leg, which is the right thing to do. But sometimes you're like, I don't want to kick your fucking leg anymore, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to kick. Yeah, I don't want to see don't you again. Hurt like you're not willing to I'm trying to knock you out with my hands and I feel like Jeremy Stevens did that a couple times and then kick at the end and by the end Melendez was rolling over and right up into a stand up and I'm like the fucking heart for that guy but his corner also going into the third said it's five more minutes you can do anything for five minutes and when Gil said dude my leg's done just they should have fucking thrown in the towel they're just on the stool man and just every single person in the audience no one's gonna boo Nobody, no one's gonna boo. Everybody said that. Everyone knows like, how tough Gil Melendez is. Just yes. like we gotta go get this checked out, guys. We gotta go get. And this just happened to um, a fighter, Bellator, Mitch, uh, Michael Chandler, got kicked in the same spot, and it was so bad that um, he thought he broke his leg, and his foot stopped moving, and they called it a TKO for premise. But I feel like there was another fight. People are starting to go for the shin now, which is traditionally not Muay Thai. They don't allow those kicks. So this is what people aren't doing. It was the leg. People don't go to the... People have realized the front of your shit... We've talked about that on the show. It's like what we're seeing a progression of. Uh-huh. In, in like this, these aren't... This isn't random, guys, that these guys are starting to get these... People are uh, picking that shin. There's gyms that are not picking that. The Portland, all the lab guys have been kicking to there. And it all stemmed from Benson Henderson. He did it to a couple guys in fights, but he would use them as jabs. He'd pitter-patter guys' legs. Yeah, and set up other stuff. But guys realized, if I put my weight into this and kick it like I would a thigh, it cripples you. Because there's a nerve that goes on the outside of your leg here that is... You can see it in nerve books. Like, you have a nerve that shuts down your foot. And guys are like, oh, I can just kick the living shit out of that. And you just gotta be... You gotta check it. You gotta beat your shin and put your shin in the way for those kicks. So we're going to see the stand-up change a little bit, and it's going to be to these type of kicks. Um, hell of a f- toughness, but that man didn't need that. Gil Melendez, you've done enough. Step you away, done sir. Enough, sir. Go keep doing announcing. you got a lot of other I things to go. I think that was the only fight I got right, Stevens and Gil. <laughs> <laughs> With the co-main event real quick, Sakudo ended up beating Hayes, which was our underdog, I believe. Yeah, it was our very first, I feel like, underdog blowout. Where it was just all the way, but yeah, that he, being he said, got smashed. 
I was off the Cejudo. I never was on the Cejudo bandwagon. Then he won me over. Then I fell off again. And now I am on stronger than ever. I think this kid has a chance. And I want to see him versus Mighty Mouse. Well, if you guys didn't know, the main event ended up being replaced by the co-main event, Valentina. Um, and then that was replaced with uh, Neil Magny. But because Borg's fuck ass for the, what, six out of seven times again didn't... He needs to move up in weight. Yes, I'm over. We've it. said it already and on the show prior to this. Awful, awful, awful. He's one of, of those guys that we didn't say before. I think we even said it on the post. Like, be careful. Yeah. This guy does miss weight. Yeah. So stuff like this might happen. Um, which I think put tons more pressure on the co-main event because all of a sudden Nunes and Nunes is like, my sinusitis is working up. Oh no! Like she and she doesn't get any of that Demetrius Johnson pool on her pay-per-view money. Yep, exactly. It doesn't help her at all. Um, the other quick fight was the destruction of Neil Magny. You people realized, oh, I can just use my jujitsu against Neil Magny, and that was quick. That was a leg kick um, into. But I also have to say. Dos Anjos, I Tank. think he can make a run at Fucking 170. I'm interested <laughs> in I him agree. at 170. I like where he's going. I, I, th- I thought Dos Anjos was on the other side of the hill, but watching him, I don't think Neil Magny is a walkthrough. And I no, I agree. I, I felt totally like agree. Uh, Dos Anjos looked like a pro in there versus an amateur. It was that much difference in skill of how he looked at 170 versus Magny. I was impressed. I didn't. I thought he was going to win. But right. I didn't think it was going to be like that. that decisively. Handedly. Yeah, 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 maybe yeah. That, maybe I got two because I got that one right too. Nice, 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 nice. I think I only went like five or six out of the night and I didn't score badly on my DK plays. I feel like I played Alex White a lot. Um, the one who burnt me up the most was Mc, was it McMahon. Was she on that card? Oh. oh yeah, 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 yeah. We were touting her off. And we were like, yay, she made a change. But like, we were the only one. She was like the most expensive she's ever been yeah, on. Yeah, she fight. looked good in her last two fights. And, I mean, she looked, if you would have just stood these two women next to each other, you're like, that lady's fighting that soccer mom? Okay. And Viera hit her with a one-arm choke, which... I've always learned is impossible. You can't choke a person out with one arm, is what all my coaches have ever said. What about That's that? Yeah, I can't even think of... Well, she's using a variation of a choke, and she's using her shoulder to pin the throat and almost like north-southing it with like leverage. It's a sneaky choke, but it's thought, not the oh, yeah, hardest she did choke. Get her, I forgot. She did get um, both her legs up and with her butt in the air to get that... Yeah, to let shoulder in. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yep, yep, yep. It's a sneaky choke, but I feel like... McMahon and even the other lady she caught it in because this is the second time this woman's done this choke uh, Viera, Vierian uh, in her fights she's already won one via this fashion which is like McMahon why the fuck did you get choked out there if you already saw this on tape what the why it was unfucking believable and you're Sarah McMahon some would argue the best wrestler in the women's 135 Olympic medalist Olymp- for America. And America has an okay team. Um, so it was just, woo! That one ended up sending me a I, little I bit forgot there was this many fight stuff that happened. We were so, I was half brained in the hurricane. <laughs> I was <just> like, <laughs> we've been through a lot. We've been, you guys don't understand the what shenanigans we had to get together to, to get this late breaking Gas to you lines, guys. Walmart at midnight to wait for water. Yeah. Animal fiasco. Yeah, you, I kept my pet? fish alive. I've been keeping my fish alive by generators of lovely neighbors and uh 
But your your pets. My I mean, brother lives in Key West. That was which nuts. is a whole nother drama in itself, which was just a worry. It was nuts, but yeah. I thought the card had a controversy and we'll talk about it, but I don't think it was necessarily the best card. There was times where I was like, ugh. Um, and I I usually like to hype up cards. I'm, I don't call them bad cards until they're bad cards. And the main event falling out really put a bad tone, set a bad tone. But since then, there's been a ton of fights booked. There's been a ton of information out, just all sorts of fun stuff going on in the MMA world. So we'll, we'll put 215 to bed with Hurricane Irma. Uh, exactly. And Good congratulations. Congratulations to the Lioness Amanda Nunes. Yep. But I, I'm going to tell you honestly, and this has nothing to do with the Valentina thing, I think she's kind of an asshole. <laughs> just, I'm not a fan of Amanda Nunes. If she goes full heel, maybe, but just not a fan. We'll see. We'll, we will see. Moving on. What news? What news is going the on? The most breaking news as of late that just came out within a day or two was John Jones' second test came in. The B sample. The B sample. And guess what? It was hot. And JBJ has been posting tweets, his latest as of to a few hours ago, saying... On my, I'll put it on my children's and the Lord above or the whatever religious figure above um, that I did not take steroids. Sorry, John. You can't. Uh, sorry, John. You you trick me once. Uh, shame you, you, on shame me. on me. Trick me twice. You can't even trick me twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's exactly it's exactly. <laughs> but I feel the exact same way. Like like I did not have sexual relations. <laughs> exactly. Like exactly. you can put whatever term on it, and I don't think when people I put it on my children's lives, I've not exactly. But I'm not gonna put on my children's lives that I didn't do metabolabolol. You know what uh-huh. I mean? It's like, like starts getting yeah, with whatever. the wordy. Like you well, what is, is? Are your fingers crossed? Well, what uh, what do you mean by is? What does is mean in the conversation? No, John Jones. This ain't dick pills. This ain't cocaine. This ain't steroid laced cocaine, John Jones. So with that B sample, we also had a newly crowned. Champion. And you and still Popeye's number one fan because it was a no contest. Yep. So now he never lost his belt. Agreed. And it rightly so. In the rules that they have champion. implemented, it has been a hell of a ride. So John Jones has been tweeting only a couple things like this is where I know who my real friends are and right. So I'm feeling like we're on the same page. We don't believe this for one. I don't fucking care second. anymore, John Jones. Because the max. Uh, the max punishment is four years. Exactly, because he's already been caught. So well, yeah, what happens to John Jones in four years? Look at the evolution that we've seen in MMA in the last four years. Do you? What's going to happen in the next four? And if you've been caught this many times, how many fights have you won clean? Honestly, like it puts a tarnish on your whole entire thing. I just thought of exactly what's going to happen. And everyone's saying, even his coaches are saying, this might be the end of John Jones because he's not going to be able to come back. Guess who doesn't give a fuck? Bellator when they get up in motherfucking Russia. Bellator or fucking these, all these European shit that don't have anything to do with USADA and any commission and they're just I like... UFC when they get into other Steroids? Countries. What? Koji Horiguchi's fighting for what? Resin? 
one FC. But here's the other thing. They're paying millions of dollars to fight, win or lose there. They have different pay structures. The way it rolls, though, is the UFC has to cancel John Jones' contract. Otherwise, he can't fight for another organization unless he fights his only on a one-off. So, but then John Jones, with the suspension, ooh, yeah, legally they might have him by yeah, the balls. Yeah, he can only do WWE is my guess. But I would be interested in seeing, I mean, he can do the, like, Sug circuit. He can do the Eddie Bravo, but in all, he's not going to make John Jones money doing that. No, 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 no. But I, I do think that there, oh, there could be some legal weird stuff because with retirement, it voids stuff. And look at how naive we are. Think of John Jones' body from four years ago, and think of John Jones' body. I feel like now. we said it initially. I was like, "That's the most ripped he's ever seen," and this was the first time prior to the second time when he had put I on just all that weight. To believe. I, I was like Mulder, Mulder and Scully. I just like, I want to believe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow, look at the genetics on that guy. Wish I had Yeah, the... his brothers are amazing. Ooh. Why wouldn't he be the Them stick legs filled out. Like, what is going on here? And Daniel Cormier still looks like the next door neighbor. And you're yeah. just like, of course that guy's not going to be the champ. Yeah, of course not when you got the fucking juiced up juice juice head on your body. Uh, damn shame. It is. It's unreal. If I'm DC, I move up in weight. And I still clear out the heavyweight division. I cause yeah. you can do it. You, you can and you fought everyone else that you need to in that division. I feel like DC could put on weight, um, put on muscle weight, and give himself a good amount of time to take on a fight, and then just start working up his way to the heavyweight division. So when John Jones comes back, he's already done everything that John Jones said he was gonna do. Right. Damn wild dog's trying to break into the house right now. <laughs> banging on the window. So, with other talk, did you happen to catch the Cody Garbrandt and Uriah Faber podcast with Joe Rogan? I tried to listen to parts of it. Uh-huh. In fact, maybe I'll listen to it today. Like, it'll mm-hmm. be one of the things. I just... I just fall out of Joe Rogan occasionally. I haven't been a subscriber for a while, and actually only because I randomly saw it on my live YouTube that I know that they were even chatting last week. So I did download the episode just because they talked about some TJ stuff and supposedly how we've talked about it on here that TJ is known to be a hard partner and somebody who hurts people in the gym. What they were getting into more was how TJ cheap shots after rounds because he's so competitive and was just they gave the alpha male point of view which obviously is throwing tj under the bus um but they're also saying dwayne's being weird it's just the inner drama of a gym to hear it come out it's just juicy juice gossip and it's mma's best ah fuck this is backdoor talk you only know this if you go to that gym but nope now the world knows but when you mean this is a little, and this is maybe this is the girl in me, the you know like bachelor, bachelorette, that reality show genre. Mm-hmm. I would be more interested in cameras and camera crews inside Alpha Male or any one of the gyms, and follow any random fighters in their real life outside of fighting. Maybe a couple tiers of fighters. They some of them could be in the UFC, some of them don't have to be. Some of them could be new to the gym, like brand new fighters that they're like, I have one professional match. I would be interested in the reality show of fighters over the, it's not even scripted reality show that the fight house is, uh-huh. the tough house. Uh-huh. I don't need the fights in all of it. If a fight is coming up for one of them and uh-huh. that happens to be part of it, 
um, cool, but I don't even need to see the whole fight. They can see the highlights and then their emotional turmoil afterward or their, um, their success afterward and the way they feel. And if they want to get right back into the gym, even if they win the injuries, they still might have. Like, do they have headaches now? Do they have this? How their family takes it? Their kids that never get to see them because they're always in the gym? Whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I would be more interested in that. And I think alpha male is kind of a good way to go on that because of the Cody and then you have your built-in star PVZ. Just throwing it out there, you arrive, Ava. Might want to pay attention. PVZ's not with Alpha Male so much. She's been up in the Pacific oh, yeah, right. for a She's while. Jail. Yep, 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 yep. But funny how that Alpha Male has such uh, sticking power. It is an elite gym. It's brought us lightweight contenders for days. Days and days. And they got up and comers that are Alpha male style. Guess what? Alpha male style. Overhand right in wrestling. <laughs> like, hey, you're right. You Vader. could build a reality show around. I think Cody's cute enough that you could build a whole new audience for UFC by letting cameras follow him. If he wants that, I I feel like a lot of these guys are private and are just like I just go to the gym. Would they treat it as a job? I, they do a nine to five and they don't want extra. The ones that do do it. I feel like Woodley had champ life. I don't know what the fuck happened with that. Because no one wants to follow who cares about Woodley, what he's doing. Exactly. <laughs> but he's doing really good things in the black community in the United States. He is going after unreached privileged children and trying to sway them away from uh, gangs and drugs and getting them into sports. And that's the I, that's what stopped me from partying a lot. Well, I still partied, but I never did hard drugs in high school because I was like... I like sports and I don't need to, like, I believed it, but guess what? Alcohol ain't a drug. It's just a drink. <laughs> so that's the mentality that I had and it was because of sports and it did teach me discipline. It did. So he is doing really cool stuff with that, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I care? It's not because, you know, it's like somebody can write an article about it and put 10 great stories and it's not because, and I give kudos to him but in reality most of the people who do stuff like that aren't looking for my kudos they're just doing it for their own feelings and because they're a rad person and whatever um but yeah i would be more interested in like the whole like it might be one guy who's a partier and he's hung over the night before his fight and you get to see him out partying or starting a fist fight or his girlfriend you were never a part of the uh was it the tap out series it was like in the Er, in the 2007, 8-ish, maybe 9-ish era, where Skyscraper was still alive for the Tap Out crew, and Tap Out was the biggest sponsor for UFC, and all the Tap Out gear happened. They were doing a show where young Frankie Edgar went on a tour bus, and they drove him around to their fights, and they fought, and they videotaped it, and these guys would do pranks on the fighters right before a fight, and then, like, slowly as a couple episodes got in, the tap out guys realized like fuck we're being assholes and these guys really got fights but fucking Don, they were playing pranks on Frank Gander and Donald Cerrone and fucking kids yeah oh speaking of Donald Cerrone yeah what the hell why would he take that fight against Till that's a tough fucking fight that's a tough fight because Donald Cerrone don't give a I know but he doesn't need that fight anymore yeah I agree that's a it's a stupid fight it's a lose lose for him 
I agree, but even Donald if he Cerrone's wins, everyone's just, like, "Well, you're Donald Cerrone, and we don't even know this guy's name." And if he, I think Darren Till's created a good enough name in the only only hardcore. Yeah, agreed. Only with hardcore. Hardcore. It's not even just the average of. Yeah, you got to get in the depth chart for that guy. And and I think he's a badass. I like him a lot, but. As Till, what a big fucking stepping stone. And I'm going to tell you this. That's going to be my underdog pick of that fucking card. Because I, right now, I think I figured Donald Cerrone out. And the second I think I figured Donald Cerrone out, or any fighter for that matter, I got to think every camp knows. How much do you think Darren Till weighs? Right now. Because he just got on and talked about it. And I, you will be... Uh, they'll be fighting at 170, 182. 205 pounds, Holy 210 pounds. So he's like Chris Weidman yeah. fighting a 155er. Yeah. Donald Cerrone never not made weight. 165. never not made weight at 155. Never, okay. never, but never. But he never. had some brutal cuts, and he'll even say, I'm moving up because I don't need to do that anymore. And I do feel like if there's a 160 division, he's perfect at it. Or if there's a 65, but that's it. He's just like walks around at 165 naturally. Um, now he just can eat all the buffalo wings he wants. He can and have all the ranch he wants. Budweiser. An extra Budweiser for breakfast. And he's good to go. So Darren Till's a fucking monster. He's got height and reach on him. And he is a young man. So these 205 cuts, Cowboy's he can't be, be doing favorite. I don't I see that happening. Yeah. It's we'll that's a fucking scary fight. Sorry, Donald forward. Cerrone. I think the Sharks are going to be coming in on this, though. The people that know are going to be like, God damn, because that dude's going to weigh 185, 190, walking in where Donald Cerrone is going to stay 165, 169. 169, that's what Donald Cerrone's weighing in at. But it's 170. But still, he's the, he he's gonna try to put on weight. Honestly, I was nervous about Shevchenko when she lost that extra one point five pounds before this fight. I was nervous about that. She, she's the type of person that needs it, but she looked thick. She that girl looked cut up, cut up, cut up, cut up, but cut up. muscular still. Her arms were as big as noons. Yeah, and I don't think I'd ever seen Shevchenko, but she was saying herself like, "Get ready." I'm like, again, maybe two she look, You know what though? Her tenseness. Might have been from the extra time. Muscle mass. It, it has affected fighters multiple times over. And you can look at Jose Aldo and other fighters that have just said, I had too much mass, I gasped so much quicker. Who wants that fight right now? Yeah, right? No, somebody asked for a Jose Aldo Fuck, fight for recent. I, um, and it's an up-and-comer. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. I'm coming for you. Was it the Bellator guy? No, no, no. It's somebody in UFC right now, and I'm like, oh, that's good. That's a good fight. A call-out. I do remember that, but I can't think of it. Is it right off this car that we just watched? Yeah, you can probably look it up on your phone. Um... Not so we get limited technology. Always. You know we don't research shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the Sehudo was in that. Well, I don't... It might have not been in this... Maybe, recent, maybe it was right? the one before. That's what I'm thinking, or happened in but between. Of there. recent, somebody who had a really good win that I'm like, I'm cur- I'm interested in that fight, and I actually f- feel like the person could put on a good performance where I might have him on the car. I might pick them overall, though. But was it was he um, moving up in weight? Even was there some discrepancy that made it a little bit awkward? No, I'm gonna have to pull it up. <laughs> I'm trying to look and see. What else is going on? Why I'm looking up all the Aldo fight? Um, 
we're gonna get it well in the MMA world there was a few fights signed that I really am looking forward to trying to look them up right now as well I don't care about Artem Lobov there was somebody who just called him out as well and it was a very uneventful call out Somebody was like, I got your boy, Artem, and it was uh, two seasons. Was it Cody Garbrandt that says, maybe I won't, don't care about you and I'll fight Jose Aldo? I don't oh my think gosh. it was. Maybe. Uh, another fight that just got booked, though, that I'm really excited for is the uh, Dustin Diamond Poirier versus Duho Choi. Pettis. Duho Choi calls out Jose Aldo. That's a fun fight. That's a good fight, That's right? That's a fun fight. Yeah. I thought that I'm like so curious about it where I'm actually like if you would have told me this fight a year ago, I'd have been like no fucking way. He doesn't have a chance against Aldo. But I think this Aldo worth, worth, uh, with an advanced Choi off somebody we saw like that Cub Swanson Choi, I think he's that much better. I think we could see an interesting Aldo in this. Or he clean knocks Aldo out again for the third I, time. Woo. Astro Boy, he got a fun, he got an ass whooping, and Aldo's better than Cub Swanson. So, the other fight was um, Dustin Poirier versus Anthony Pettis. That's a fun fight. That's a shootout. Um, you want to, something funny about that, when I first started watching the UFC, I thought they were the same person. <laughs> I can see how they look alike. <laughs> so it's so funny that they're, like, I didn't even know they were, I didn't know anything about weight classes. I didn't know anything about anything. It's funny to see them fight each other now and be like, how did I think these two were the same? But um, who do you have in that right now? Off the top of my head? I'm going to say Dustin Poirier. I just feel like Anthony Pettis is eternally hurt. Uh, and it's not going to be different. He's going to say something. But he also gets hurt in fights. But if he doesn't, he I has more body kick finishes than anybody. I talking shit. But I believe Poirier is in his peak right now. And his last fight was just a start of that. I think we're about to see... Poirier roll into his own here, and I think he could actually make a title run. And he's never been one of my favorites. I just really, I I just know I feel like everything's coming together for him. Like some of the fighters, they have the ground and they have the stand up and they have the. I feel like it's all clicking in like cogs, like te- teeth of cogs, like clunk 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 clunk. I'm really liking the way he's looking. Yeah. Agreed. I think that it is coming together for Poirier more so where. Pettis is always hurt, but he's always got something going on, and I think he might have peaked. And he had a hell of a. If he's every, if the moon's aligned though, he's gonna finish you with a body kick. That but this is the thing that I man. really am starting to realize: it's hard for us to see until we're far away from it when our heroes have their runs. Like, right. you're like, we didn't realize we were sitting in the middle of Ronda's run. Right, right, right. You know, like, and it's heartbreaking. But now, sitting this far away from her run, it's so easy, crystal clear yeah, to see. Yeah, wow, what a wonderful Or even Aldo's run, for that matter. Uh-huh. It's so crystal clear to see these guys now from all this time. But I think that for um, Pettis, I, I feel like that time's getting easier and easier to see that I saw his run. I would agree that you could definitely see that because he had a he had been fighting for a while in the WEC as well. Like he and there's guys that prove me wrong, like Bisping and Edgar right. 
there are guys that prove you wrong that you're like, oh shit, maybe that was nothing. Right. Maybe I'm about to see their run now. But some would say that Edgar, we saw his run, and it kind of, he's just never going to be the number one. But he's probably a clean guy too, like the Daniel Cormier, where is the number one guy in the division always been dirty because hasn't that been Aldo? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and now that Aldo has to be a clean fighter, KO, KO, KO. I believe he's been knocked out that many times. Well, since the UFC pretty much has been testing, right? He had that one good fight, but didn't he just get knocked out? Who did he fight last time? I don't think he's fought since a knockout. No, he just fought and got knocked out again. Max Holloway. Oh, that's right. For (laughs) right for the interim. Yeah. So he's got two KOs. Two KOs. That's it. No, for the championship. Yeah, he never had to fight for the championship belt. Right, right. He was just and he was just given it. Given it because he was a. And I like how Daniel Cormier said, don't just give me the belt, I'll fight for it. I love that. I love it. I love it. That's what it is. He's a class act. Class act. Real quick. I think he said, let me fight the winner of Ozdemir Gustafsson. I think. Ooh. And I have the, those are the contenders in this division. Like, it's a lot That's smart, too. It, it builds up, lets him heal a little bit. Yeah. Lets him... Gives him time for all. Going in before we get into the breakdown, because we're going to make this down. a hurricane special. The last thing in just the mo- combat community Glovkin, Triple G, versus Canelo Alvarez. Very excited. Where you at with it? Woo! I am so excited for this fight. Um, this is where I feel like I'm not even going to say that other one went down, but it created this for more viewers for boxing because it hasn't had that amount of views in a long time. So it actually gave a boost to this fight because you're watching the two. If Eminem, elites. which you know what we're talking about because we're not going to say it, it anymore. <laughs> if that fight didn't happen, we wouldn't be talking about Triple G, Glove or Canelo on the show right now. As big of one. I you might have brought it up. Yeah, I think it'd I be like Because it's a big fight. It's a fun fight because these are the true specialists in this division other than the one loss Canelo has against the 50-0 fighter, um, Golovkin is a motherfucker. That motherfucker is heavy-handed with both hands. And I feel like, for me, he reminds me of Julier Cesar Chavez Sr. And he just has that power, and he cuts the angles almost as well as Chavez, but he does bring other stuff to it, and he's just unbelievable. And Canelo has looked Amazing, other than the one fight that he lost to Mayweather. Canelo has shown just great pressure, and I love his body attack. I just, Canelo really mixes it up well, and there's been um, a couple gifts going around where uh, Canelo ends up knocking guys out, but you see where he sets it up. Canelo's a very tricky fighter, and Golovin, Golov, Triple G is a forward fighter. There's just so many fun points. I am a Mexican diehard all day, but I gotta say Triple G. I got Triple G in this. It hurts. It hurts for me to pick this Russian, but the better fighter in this fight for me, I feel like Glovkin has more shots, more angles. The power is more heavily handed for Canelo's right, but Golovkin has power in both. So that's where I feel like he has more knives, more tools in his shed. Okay, and I'm going to say it because I've been watching a little bit of boxing, thinking about how I would describe it to an MMA fan that's on my level of MMA. And this boxing match, the match that I picked to compare it to is Claudia Gadelia versus JJ, and Triple G being JJ... 
Claudia Gadelia being um, Canelo, and I too would have to give it to the JJ, the Triple G of this, because I just think there are more tools in watching the Eminem fight. You gotta give it to the person in boxing. You gotta give it to the person that has the more well-rounded thing. Power all day to me, Canelo. I think exactly. Canelo is like Claudia in all those ways that. But if you can't hit him, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. And uh-huh. um, the other thing that's scary about Triple G is that isn't necessarily well. It's all there too with JJ, but I. I think Triple G has just as much power to knock somebody out too. So it really makes it. I think you're going to see two masters, the best, two best right now boxers, in the game fighting each other. That's exactly my sentiments. And now we're getting into the breakdown. It's UFC Fight Night. 116, Rockhold Branch leading this bad boy off. This is in Steeltown, Pittsburgh. And this is going to be on Fox, Fox Sports 1. Uh, fight past prelims, but I believe it's only one fight on the prelims. And then it goes right to Fox for the rest of the night. There has been some change in the card. There wasn't a, a fight that fell out, but they replaced the fighter. In Tiago Alves versus... Um, Mike Pitt, Platinum Perry, but we will get there when we get there. We're going to start it from the bottom up. Anything before we kick this bad boy off? Uh, I don't think so. Looks uh, like an okay card. It really, really does. It's not going to be at a weird time. It's not going to be on a weird day. Just your oh, run-of-the-mill fight night. I'm guessing just a run-of-the-mill fight night. In if Pittsburgh, it's, right? If it's East Coast, it's probably 6 o'clock, That's 6 30, exactly 7. That's exactly what I was thinking. 6 o'clock Eastern time, 7. Um... West Coast that beautiful 3 p.m. day, so you guys still got a night to go out. But this is only has 10 bouts on it. Uh, there has been a few that I've washed out, but the ones we got are pretty good. Starting from the bottom up with the only fight that will be on Fight Pass, so you know you're really getting your money out of Fight Pass this month, uh, is Gilbert Burns versus Jason Sago at 155 pounds. Gil Burns, we've talked about quite a few times, one of the biggest underachievers in the UFC. He was coming in being a tri-star elite, um, has really shown that his striking isn't the best, and his ground game uh, can save him, but I feel like people are starting to figure his whole plan out. Uh, you can really take a look at his fight versus Cowboy Oliveira. Oliveira beat the living daylights out of Burns for two rounds because Burns was striking. Third round... Burns goes right for the takedown, gets a submission, or else would have lost that fight. Um, he's fighting a also seasoned Jason Sago. Uh, I would say out of the two, Burns does have the higher competition, but Sago is not fighting nobody. He hit Sago's last loss being Rustam Havilov in a decision nine months ago. Prior to that, getting a split decision with Leonardo da Silva. Prior to that... Um, he ended up also beating Justin Salas in a TKO, and he lost a split decision versus Paul Felder, which I'd say that's pretty high up there. Yeah, and I would say that, I mean, it was a good-looking Paul Felder in that fight as well. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. Sago does have a bit of power, but so does Burns. Uh, the height discrepancy is going to go in favor of Sago at 5'11", Gil Burns being 5'10", and there's also a one-inch reach advantage for Sago. Sago's coming in with... Uh, being the Canada boy, he is a slight underdog right now, but he has wrestling all around MMA. He's 
um, has skills in all areas, but doesn't really stick out in any specific area. He's well a well-rounded fighter, and he'll give you trouble. He's got a good gas tank on him as well, and his fighting IQ isn't bad. But there's just nothing in my head that really sticks out. He sticks to his wrestling quite a bit, and his hands aren't that heavy, even though he has a couple knockouts. Um, I feel like if Oliveira couldn't knock out Burns, Sago isn't. I am curious to see, though, where the stamina is going to come into this, because I do feel like Burns slows down more so in his fights out of these two fighters and Burns being that underachiever um him he, they're both 31 years old but Burns last losing has of his last fight to Michael Prezeris which we've already been there that guy's a tank and that was a decision 11 months ago prior to that he had one against Sinjeski in an arm bar and prior to that losing a decision to Rashad Magomedov then he had the win over Oliveira and uh, Cristo Gregos as well. He had a submission a while ago. That competition level is just a bit higher in my eyes all the way around. Burns is as good at Wisago other than the wrestling. I think Sago is going to have the wrestling advantage, but the jiu-jitsu advantage highly goes to Burns. And the striking, I think, is going to be near even. So this fight for me is going to really end up what happens on the ground if that wrestling is going to be able to stifle that jiu-jitsu or not. And right now I'm thinking that Burns had a know, knows how to play the game a little bit more just in the way he has fought. He, even if he's gassed, he knows how to hold on. I got decision Burns, but I'm saying stay away from this fight all day. I don't think this is a high scorer by any means whatsoever. I don't see a finish on either side either. Uh, I'm going to disagree a little Ooh. only because I... Gilbert Burns, I think, is going to be a heavy favorite here. And if he's expensive enough, that'll make Jason Sago cheap. And I agree with everything you said, that I think it's going to be such a close fight. That if Jason Sago is dirt cheap, I think he's worth every penny. And here's the reasons why. Gilbert Burns has been an underperformer since he came into the UFC. He's never really hit that peak, and he's in that 31 years of age now. They both are. Um, I feel like Sago kind of the same way. Um... I did like Sago last is actually in the loss that he had to Paul Felder. I thought he looked really good. Here's more so not any of the reasons I'm for Sago. It's the reasons I'm against Burns. One, the Black Zillions gym is falling apart. One of my favorite guys, Luke, he just looked like garbage his last fight. He just didn't look really good. We know they've had all the trouble in there. I would say the only guy holding it together and coming out of that gym looking good over and over again is... Uh, um, what's his face? Uh, Usman. Oh, uh, Cameron Later Usman. On He's the only night. one. Everybody else is just kind of looking really weak. The other number one reason, and this is totally just because I'm fucking in the state and I just got my power back. If Gilbert Burns has been in Florida and dealing with this hurricane mess and Boca got hit a lot harder than we did where we live, I just can't imagine that his head has been on this fight like it should be. So if Sago's a big enough underdog, I think you could put him on your cards. I think stay away from Burns altogether and only put Sago if he's dirt cheap. What about the uh, Leslow and the Bean Rulo? I stay away from the first fight. Yep. I feel like that's a big one. But I just think... I just have a really big feeling looking at how big of a favorite Burns is on this. 90% of the people think he's going to win. Yep. I think Jason Sago is going to be like 7-2, which may, will make Burns over 9. I think Sago at 
will be way better than burns at anywhere over eight So five. because this is the hurricane edition here it's at that special meet. edition and Boca, I think we have a relatability with burns. Imagine going to fight your fight well, I was just after this more, last week. I would say more so that it has already been a week, so we actually have the DK lines up right now. And I can tell you Sago's Oh, perfect. So Sago's going for seven nine to Gilbert Burns eight three or seventy nine thousand to mm. eighty three hundred. Yeah, I think you could, if you need to squeeze somebody in on a card just for affordability, I think you go with Sago. If you go with um, an 8-5 or 8-3 or whatever Burns was, stay away from him all day. Yeah, I agree. That's too much for Burns. For the, the performances, he's giving like 30, 40 points for three rounds. And just imagine it's the just... week you've had the last week. Yeah. And now go fight your fight. And you are were in places that got... Flooded up to six feet and winds of 120 miles so an hour. So what was your final pick on that one? Saga decision. Oh, okay. So we're splitting it up, starting off. These are close fights. And this is near even. Gilbert Burns is a minus 135 favorite to Jason Sago's uh, plus 105. This is a coin flip of a fight. Moving on to the next fight. At middleweight, we have Christoph Jutko versus Uriah Hall. Um, both of these gentlemen have been... Through the UFC, Uriah Hall coming off of the uh, Ultimate Fighter season, losing that, but having some of the flashiest knockouts of all time. Um, and then we have Jutko, who came over from the Polish scene. I know somebody around here likes Polish fighters. And hasn't really stuck out. He has one TKO over, I think it was like Tandem McCory, and has actually only lost twice out of 19 fights and the last being to David Branch in a split decision which David Branch is getting a big step up. David Branch also having lots of credentials with other organizations and um, not being an easy fight. As much as people like him or hate him, not an easy fight. So Uriah Hall is the older fighter at 33 to Jutko's 28 and the Size advantage actually is going to go to Jutko at 6'1", the Uriah Hall 6 foot, but that Uriah Hall's got some long ass arms and he's going to actually have a two and a half inch reach advantage on Jutko. Uriah Hall, I believe, has a reach advantage on and almost anybody in the division. He's one of the Once you get up to those 7, 9 to 8, oh, and 8, 1, that's, those are the reaches. Those no, are the yeah. ones that those are... Those monkey arms and not and nothing bad about that. That's just, you got some gorilla, you got some freaking chimp arms. You're dragging your knuckles on the ground walking around. You're right, Hall. Here at Lesbo and the Bean, we use chimp, ape, gorilla to talk about MMA fighters all the time. Sometimes those fighters might be black, and we never mean no racist by it. We never mean racist. Exactly. <laughs> ever, ever, because there's some white gorillas out there as well. It just... There. We're talking to you, Sherman. We're talking to you, Sherman. <laughs> so, um, striking, I think people are really going to initially give the advantage to Uriah Hall. And he is on a three-fight skid, but his three-fight skid is against Robert Whitaker, the current champion, Derek Brunson, and Gegard Mousasi, who's now at Bellator. But Gegard's top five fighter. Whitaker's the champ. And Brunson, I think, is in that top eight range, but I'm a Brunson Dick Rider, so prior to that, he has, a uh, Uriah Hall has finishes over Aluale Bambose, and, um, the other guy being Mutasari, Musasari, so Uriah Hall, uh, 
has fought much, much higher competition than Jutko. Jutko's highest competition was probably uh, David Branch, which he lost a split decision. But Jutko really point fights. I feel like we were talking about this earlier. I don't know if it was on air or not, but the way that the sport has been governed creates the atmosphere that point fighters such as what we saw with the Shevchenko, Nunes, all that stuff. Like people are going for the finish and I feel like Jutko never has power. The only knockout that he got over Tanner McCory, McCory had been hurt multiple times supposedly in practice prior to that fight. So it was like a jab that stiffened him up and McCory didn't wake, didn't remember nothing but like, uh, it was nuts. That's not likely, so I'm not likely to see um, Uriah Hall get knocked out here. The knockout ability, I'd give the Hall, but I feel like Jutko's point fighting, I feel like Uriah Hall is hard to take down. His striking is fast. He does slow down a bit more. I think Jutko holds a steadier pace throughout the fight, and he tends to mix it up a little bit more with his wrestling in there, where Uriah Hall very rarely throws him some shots. Jutko will. If he's not winning striking, he goes. He understands. He has a good fight IQ. He's been on American Top Team for a bit. Uriah Hall's coming out of the Schumann, Tiger Schumann's. I mean, this is a coin flip of a fight for me. I, I could go the other way, but right now I have Jutko decision, and he's a moderate favorite at minus 200, so I guess that's not that big of a deal. People huh. are seeing kind of the same thing. Yeah, I was kind of thinking it would be like a closer... I don't know what I the agree. DK lines are on it, but... I have, I agree, and I actually think um, the smarter pick, if we were just going on an actual pick for my tapology, is Jidko the decision. Yep. I have Jidko, KO, Tico around three, but I'm leaning toward Jidko, Tico around three, only because Uriah Hall gives up. He just gives up and he gives in. And I don't, I, his best win to me. Um, Musashi knockout. No, because I don't. When somebody hits someone with a flash crazy kick, I don't think that shit rolls in today's UFC. Like, well, they did against Musasi. Yeah, how long ago was that? That was like a year and a half, two years ago. It wasn't too long ago, but that's how dangerous he is. But if you can withstand all of that flashy stuff, two years ago, you get him. You can't. Yeah, I just don't think those spinning kicks. Every once in a while, he has to throw eighty to land. Yeah, I just don't. I'm. I just think the UFC is a different game now, and not that it still doesn't happen. Lightning still doesn't strike. Yeah. But that kick that landed, it's figured out now, and now that same kick is going to get you taken down or punched in the face. It's it's dependent on the side. Yeah, it's (laughs) like that. It's. But t- so Bamboge is his so, best win. And Jutko, we haven't seen anything from him. I just think he's just getting to the start of his prime. I love the Polish guys. You were saying he's at American Top Team, and um, which that even steps him up. I think he could be somebody in the running. This is his fight to show it. Uh, a lot of Uriah Hall's uh, competition that wasn't he brought in on short notice on some of the fights? Uriah Hall? Yeah. I his... think maybe the Bambose fight might have been short notice. Maybe um, Mutasseri was as well, something like that. So, yeah, I think Uriah Hall's ship is sailing over the horizon or um, over the viewpoint if you're a flat earther. And uh, I think it's Judko, and I think you're right, it's Judko by decision. But KO maybe round three. This is where you'd know more than me. 
I don't know if he'll, he's going to be worth it point-wise. I don't know what his value, but I don't recall him being like heavy pointed. I feel like Agreed. he has significant, a few significant strikes, strikes but not a bunch. holds on to a fight. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. DK-wise, Jutko's only highest uh, DK rating is it against that Tana McCory fight because it was a knockout. Other than that, he's a decisionator all day. He fights for the decision. He's actually 8,900 8, on DraftKings. And um, Hall is 7-3. I think the value's in Hall if you're going to put it on DK. But I am going Jutko as well. But I think Jutko's overpriced. DK, seven three away. For 7-3 for a veteran Potential. like Uriah Hall, I could put him on a few cards yeah. because I just don't see him getting knocked out in the first or second That's round. That's what I'm saying. Jutko's not finishing Hall. But if there's a finish, it would more than likely be Hall. But I see the decision going to Jutko. These are some split up fights. I think we're uh, yeah, we're giving. So we're telling you some. We think a win, but I also think for a DraftKings card, Uriah Hall might be the pick for seven five or whatever. That money seven three, yeah, seven three even better. Because you you know he's going to get a couple takedowns. You know that's going to happen. You know the the takedowns. It'll go to the third round with and Uriah Hall, even if he doesn't. Uh, land a lot. He throws a lot. So and he's super dangerous in round one. So if yeah. he if he someone's gonna get clipped, you know, I'm starting to <laughs> lean toward Uriah Hall just because Judka does have that super forward pressure that a guy like you don't want to do with a guy like Uriah Hall. I, I think that though he's not the game plan is gonna be stay away and shoot. I think that Judko has a smart like he's not gonna go in and brawl because he doesn't. He has game plans against every fighter and it doesn't matter if they're boring or not. He has them and can stick to them really well. And I think Uriah Hall's game plan you uh, end up shooting under them and taking them down. And that's where we've seen historically Uriah Hall's able to get outmaneuvered. People will just hold on to his legs for the whole two rounds up against the fence and win a fight. And it works against him. Moving on to the next fight, we have a heavyweight bout between Daniel Spitz versus Anthony Hamilton. Spitz, the younger of the men by te- a decade. Spitz being 27, Hamilton being 37. Um, Spitz only has one fight in the UFC, and Hamilton has, I believe, six or seven. He's been checkered in, to say the least, Hamilton with two losses as of late, his last three. Um, Anthony Smith is also one of those guys, so much potential, glass chin. But is it a glass chin when you're a heavyweight? I know. It's such it's it, It's so... Ugh. Like, it, you just have so much force and size you're dealing with at these points. Um, but Hamilton's been at Winkle John, and he's really started to come together, even though I know he has a couple <laughs> losses. I've said it every time, because the potential's there. Every single no time. Chin. Every I single know. time. Your only time you bet against Naganu, I think you picked Hamilton. No, I never picked. I only picked Henry. Let's pull Hamilton. up our records. Let's pull up our records I live think, on I, air. Yeah, I picked. Uh, I'm going to pick open my Hamilton record, because I can't stand him. I don't know why. I don't even know if I've ever voted for him, but I want to know. So, Spitz being the younger fighter, only having one fight, and that being a loss as of late, he's... Definitely the greenhorn here, but that chin of Hamilton is so sketchy. Um, real quick, I... I pressed the wrong one to open it. Have... How do I open it? Do I press open? 
fighter page? Yeah, you go that, and then when you go to the little sidebar, this is on the Tapology after we're going to our pages. If you're on your mobile phone, you go to the open page, then you click the little circle where you're. I'm four for four steering. for Hamilton. Oh, I'm in the exact same boat. I'm four for four in Hamilton as well, and I picked Nagano against him. I did too. And I pick. Oh. He's just so checkered. He's so sketchy. It's that chin. At 100%, it's that chin. You just don't know what's going to happen with it. And you can't rely on it. Spitz doesn't have a crazy amount of power, but he can hurt you. His striking looked very rudimentary. He did lose a decision to Godbeer in his debut. And prior to that, has some TKO finishes against regional guys. Nobody that you've ever heard of. I think this is a huge step up in competition from even Godbeer. I think Hamilton has the athleticism and everything, but Spitz just has to walk in, eat a punch, give a punch, fight's over. I have been so torn up about this. Spitz does have the reach advantage at 82 inches reach over Hamilton's 67 inch reach. Spitz coming in at six foot seven to Anthony Hamilton's six foot five. I mean, I think that benefits Spitz because it's just that much more size and again that chin. I have Hamilton TKO round one because I think that he can be more of the sniper in this fight. With this fight though, it's going to be scattered on my DK plays because I can't trust him. I can't go all out and pick Hamilton because that's not a guarantee, especially at heavyweight. I just think Spitz is in over his head. I think he might go in there and try to finish it. I really, really hope Winkle John have a fucking plan. John Jones, I know you can't fight. Get a game plan together for Hamilton and help this motherfucker out. Cover up for the first round and especially... Going into the later rounds, if this goes later, it's just more in favor for Hamilton for me. But, I mean, a brief could blow in. Someone can open a back door and Hamilton's out. So, how do you feel? This is going down. Oh, man. What's their cost on DK? So I can put it in my computer it, and calculate this. The value of these either fighter? Oh. Because the way I would sum up this fight in an open blog is... Who lands first? Whoever lands first knocks the other guy out. If I don't know anything about these fighters, and I might as well not know anything about these fighters because Hamilton, even though he's been in the UFC forever, has a shit record and probably has a similar amount of rounds as Spitz, even though Spitz has only fought in the UFC one time. It's pretty... Um, Spitz also could submit Hamilton. I know that uh, Hamilton's at Jackson Wink, but that's never paid off before. I'm just... I, I think... So um, Spitz DK line is at 7,400 for Spitz. Anthony Hamilton is 8-8. It's think who lands first. I, it's who lands first, but oh, there's gonna be a finish somewhere. This is—I don't think this is going into three rounds. Hopefully, it doesn't because it's gonna be a sloppy, disgusting fight if it does. I don't think these, either of these guys have the gas tank to go into the third round. More so, I think Spitz has a weaker gas tank. He just doesn't have the the fights. Hamilton's been in decisions, a lot more knockout finishes, but <laughs> they're not gonna be trying to get out of the first round. Uh, who lands first? Who's chin stronger? Looking at records, 
I don't see Spitz with a bunch of KOs. I'm going to go with Spitz KO round one here, Ooh. and I probably will put him on a couple of my DraftKings You're going to um, have tons cards. of room all I will have Anthony Hamilton on zero cards. I don't trust him enough to ever pay over 8-3 for him again. So if the UFC wants to keep him and they're going to feed him somebody, I don't think Spitz is that guy. So I think this is a dangerous fight for Anthony Hamilton. Interesting. Moving on to the next fight, we have a lightweight, about 155 pounds, Aban Mercier versus Tony Martin. Uh, the younger fighter is going to be Tony Martin in here, and that's a little interesting because I remember Mercier being the young up-and-comer so many years ago, and now he's 28 years old, going on 29. Had quite a few fights in the UFC, definitely was on the Canada show. Um, we know what we're getting with Mercier. Great grappling. Striking is coming along, but still one of his weaker avenues. His gas tank has really improved a lot as well. And his takedowns have gotten much better than they initially were. Tony Martins, I feel like, is in these dogfights where he's coming off of his last win. He has coming off a three in a row being Johnny Case in a decision. Then Alex White in a decision previous to that. Felipe Oliveira via submission, uh, a loss to Leonardo Santos via submission, and Martin's having a 12-3 record. He's just also vetted in the UFC with over five fights. Mercier only coming off of a loss to Diego Carlos Ferreira in a decision which proved to us that Mercier isn't a striker and doesn't have power but since has gone back to the ground game and submitted Gaudi as of uh, his last fight and then beating uh, Drew Dober via submission as of nine months ago. This fight was betted earlier at um, Mercier being a minus 200 favorite and is now Flipping where Martin currently is a minus 105 near even. So both of these guys are minus money. That's how much of a coin flip this is. Robbins comes in with that wrestling. That's that anti-jiu-jitsu where he's not going to put Mercier in any kind of submission trouble. But what he can do is outpoint him. He can withstand Mercier's takedowns potentially. And I think that's the key to this entire fight. If Martins can keep this fight striking, he can win a decision striking because I think Martin has a little bit more power and as good of striking as Mercier. Mercier just has no power, okay angles, but his bread and butter is the ground game. Even on the ground, I feel like Martins can give Mercier just trouble in general. This is too close to call for me. I'm going to stay away from this because I feel like this is going to be actually a grappling based fight. I have Mercier decision. Uh, this is stay away on DK regardless of either one. I just don't think that it's going to be a high score. I think it's a decision either fighter. How do you feel this is going? I really am a huge fan of Aubin Mercier. I don't know on DK if the reversals now have become more points. They are. They're and like that could be a factor help. in this fight. I just see this fight going. I agree with so much of what you said. I just see Aubin Mercier, even though these guys are similar in age, Aubin Mercier is actually a year older. I just think Tony Martins 
or Tony Martin shows so much more maturity inside the octagon, or I don't know why I feel this way, yeah, but I just, he controls the fight. I, he knows I, I feel like Oliver is going to get frustrated by Martin IQ and um, stifle, stifling the takedown attempts. Neither guy's going to run out of gas. Uh, I've never seen superpower from Oliver Aubin Mercier. Uh, I have from Martin. I think I just see Oliver Aubin Mercier getting frustrated, and I actually see this decision going to Martin. I think once it gets to points, and if he if once Aubin Mercier cannot get him down, and he has to go back to a striking mm-hmm. fight, you said it before. Yep. He's not good. And if you actually, I know the Drew Dober is such a or Dober is such a, you know, he's a name in the UFC. Yep. But if you. Tony Martin has a sneaky record of way more experienced guys than anyone. Tony Hayes is a very legitimate And look fight. at what we're seeing of White lately. I know that, you know, he had a rough fight of recent. Didn't he? No, he no, schooled him. Yeah, he he looked great. So White lately. Money. So I feel like um, just the guys that Martin has fought, I think he stifles um, the takedown attempts in the beginning of round or one we might see a boring round of the lockup against the fence it might even go to oliver round two i think he stifles those takedown attempts and starts laying into him where he controls round two and then round three uh i think it's going to be an embarrassing takedown attempt by that point and we're going to see martin slowly start to take control i might put him on a few cards i think this will probably be i am not looking at dk lines this will be the eight one eight one Nope, this is going to be Aban Mercier at 8,400 and Martin at 7,800. Oh my gosh, I'm so I think Martin's a, I think Martin's a steal. If there's a I bet agree. to be made, it's on Martin in this fight. I don't think there's any value at all on Mercier as close as it is. Uh, at that 2-1, to one, I was just like, no way you put money on Mercier for 2-1. to one. It's too close of a fight, so... It is interesting that the line even out on this. This is, though, a fight that either fighter, I think they're both fighting the... The highest caliber guy that's testing what they're good at. Not that necessarily, because even Tony Martin, a lot of the other guys he fought, it's questionable if Aubin Mercier could beat them. But I just think I, I, it's weird for me to see somebody stifling Aubin Mercier, but I see it happening. And I think I agree with you, Money. I got Martin decision right now. That's going to be a split. That's a split decision. Fight. It'll come down to round three. They're not fighting 29, 29, 29. in Canada. So that is, because you know them Canadian judges. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, moving back up to the heavyweights with Justin Ledette versus debuter Azua Anianu. Anianu? So, Anianu. 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 Anyan Wu. Azuna Nickname Anu. Zulu. So, good, 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 good. Yep, Zulu verse. Justin Ledet, thank you for liking one of my tweets. His nickname is El Blanco, but I'm going to forever know him as Burnt Ramen Noodles because his hit, mullet, he had a tiny mullet that was I a remember that. <laughs> disgusting, most disgusting. Yeah, it it almost seen. looked like so blue. <laughs> So, Ledet's coming off of a suspension for steroids. Uh, he's just probably had some... And I don't pills. care as long as he pops after my DK card. <laughs> yeah, agreed with that. Agreed with that. So Because I made money on that John Jones fight. <laughs> <laughs> the truth. The truth. Ledet's coming off of a 
two-fight winning streak in the UFC, beating a decision with uh, Chase Sherman, really boxing him up, and last beating Mark Godbeer via decision. I think it was a Darce choke, uh, rear naked choke. So this is a huge step up from Zulu. Zulu is fighting regional circuit guys that in the CFF out of the Philadelphia. He's the local guy. He's the guy they're bringing in for to sell an extra 40, 100 tickets in the area to say this is our heavyweight coming in. And it really sucks because I think that Justin Ledette is one of the brightest prospects in the heavyweight division right now. His boxing is on point. Look at the Chase Sherman fight and even his prior fight with his mission. He sets it all up with his boxing. Beautiful, crisp jab, moves in and out really well, uh, knows how to counter and set up traps. Take down the fence is okay. It hasn't been tested much, but Zulu isn't going to do that. Zulu goes in there and tries to strike a little more wildly. And I think that Ledette's just going to hold on the first round, and he has done this in other fights. Um, he really knows how to be a ring general in there. Uh, I really think Ledette can be making a run for the heavyweight division. I And I'm all on Ledette. I think round two, he weathers the storm from Zulu in the first round. Zulu comes in, swinging, doing that stuff. I don't think the takedown's going to be there for Zulu if he even goes to it, which I doubt it. And TKO, if not flat clean knockout, round two, Ledette. How do you feel this one is going dire? I got Ledette submission round one. I think for all the same reasons, I think he can stand and throw uh, with Zulu. I just don't think he needs to. I think the amount of experience that he has over Zulu, a local prospect, not a number one local prospect, not a number two local prospect. Yeah, that's right. The third best guy in Pennsylvania. That is not impressive to me when you get to these UFC caliber guys. I love Chase Sherman. I think he's a banger and he's a prospect in the division. And Justin Ledette looked good against him. I can see a Ledette knockout round one as well, but I'm going to go with the safe submission. Um, and I think you put him all over everything. I, I don't yeah, care how much it costs. That's exactly I don't care what he costs, everyone. Oh, I'm going to check that out real quick just to end up seeing that. I think Ledette is all the way around going to be worth your money because I don't see this not working out for him. And he's actually 9,100, but he has three other fighters above him, which we're going to get to eventually. But I think 9-1 for Ledette, that's one of the most solid picks that I feel like for those higher-priced guys. And we, there's some underdogs already on this fight that are going to let you get maybe two of these over 9,000 fighters. Moving on to the next fight, we have... Speaking, another one of those guys. Right, one of those top-rated guys. We have Sergio Marias at 170 pounds versus Kamaru Usman, who is also a dark horse in the division. Nobody wants to fight Kamaru Usman. I feel like that's why he does have a problem. We've been ride or die, Usman, if you listen since yeah. the beginning of our show. We are... American wrestler, Amer uh, American wrestler, collegiate wrestler, who has really translated it well into his UFC uh, career. He's won the UFC show against, I think it was Tyson Pedro, if not, uh, yeah, I think something like that. But either way, Usman's coming off of a huge streak. He's only lost one fight out of his 10. And Hater Hasten. 
That's who he beat yeah, for the yeah. show? Okay. I like Hater as well. He just has not grown nearly as much as Usman in the UFC. Agreed. I think Usman's striking has really come along since he's been in the UFC, and he always goes back to that wrestling because it's good, and it is good. Great shots. Way, he really uh, chain wrestles where, well, where if he goes for a double leg, misses it, or a single, he transitions into another double or single and just keeps climbing those arms up the body until he gets you to the ground. His submissions have also come along really well. He really attacks submissions, not as often as I'd like, but I feel like his grounding time's getting better where he's now realizing that he can control guys instead of trying to submit them and lands more of those little rabbit shots. Now. Sergio Marias is definitely an alliance product at 35 years old. He's five years older than Usman. Both of these guys are coming in at the same height, but Usman does have a 5.5 inch reach advantage at 75.5 inches against Sergio Marias. Um, where this falls back to the fight in my brain, like the most basic, is American wrestling versus jiu-jitsu, which we know American wrestling can stifle jiu-jitsu better than most other disciplines, but jiu-jitsu can still get you. You can still be submitted as a wrestler easily, easily, and Marias does have that ability. But Marias has had such knee issues as of so long, his submissions aren't as crisp as they were, and his movement in general isn't as good as it was. I feel like this is a fighter that peaked at his prior uh, organization. He does have multiple fights in the UFC going on three or four years now. He has, as of late, Sergio Marias beat David Ramos, or Davey Ramos, Zach Ottawa, Luna Chagas in a decision that was turned over for some reason, Amari Agmedov, Mikhail LeBlou. So, Usman's last fights have been Sean Strickland, one of the highest prospects in my eyes in the division. Warley Alves, Yokle, Alexander Yoklev, and Leon Edwards. I mean, both these guys have high caliber fighters, but I think Usman has the trajectory of championship belt guys compared to Marias's uh, only... Uh, Sorry about the background noise, everyone. Remember, we are in that hurricane studio. That tornado wins. Tornado wins. So, uh, Usman, in my eyes, can get this fight to the ground, fight off the submission the entire time. He can potentially get a finish. If it's a finish, it'd be via TKO ground and pound in my eyes, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Marais can hold on for dear life for three rounds. I think there's an easily 30-27 um, decision, but Usman I think is too expensive on DraftKings. He's the he's one of those higher fighters we were just talking about. Uh, but before I get there, how do you feel like this one's ended up going down? The way my card's looking, I can afford any of the higher price fighters. I'll put Usman on everything. He's always worth all the points. He lands significant strikes from the top. He uh, usually gets the most amount of takedowns. He usually has total amount of control, ground yeah. and pound. Uh, Sergio Marias, here's what I think is going to happen. I, I I could see him holding on and it going to decision, and that seems to be how Cameron Usman plays because, you know, he tends to be safe. But the other thing with Sergio Marias is he's one of those guys that I feel like the UFC has just kept around because he puts asses in the seat in Brazil. And his last few fights have been in Brazil, which 
I'm not saying anything that Brazilian fighters don't test clean, but this fight ain't in Brazil. And sometimes Brazilian fighters don't test clean. He's a little too old for the level that Usman is at the stage Usman is. Like, Usman has, you know, five years to grow. And I just think this is such a huge step up for Marias. I don't think he knows. Kemaru Usman is like a twister coming at him. I think he's going to lay the points. I can see him actually giving up in round three purely. This isn't in Brazil. And even with a loss, the UFC can drag his ass back to Brazil and fill more seats with him in the next, you know, few whatever. So I'm going to put Usman on everything. KO round three. So this sounds like this is more of a DK play from uh, the... Lesbo. <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, I am looking back at his uh, DK history, and Usman does land a lot of ground and pound. Uh, he really has favored that a lot more, and those strikes do matter. Takedowns are worth so much now that, totally. Um, I'm liking that play more and more, and if we do put some of those undercard guys in there, we are going to have enough to put Linda and Usman on that fight. Moving on to the next fight, this is the second, third bout into the main card. Ledette started that main card off, by the way. Um, Gregor, Gregor Gillespie versus Jason Gonzalez. Jason Gonzalez is coming off of a win in the UFC against JC Cottrell, who's also out of the UFC. And then prior to that, losing to Drew Dober via TK, uh, TKO knockout. Prior to that, he, had, he was an RFA alum, and RFA doesn't have the worst fighters, so Gonzalez... Uh, at 31 years old, is really ashamed that he's coming up against uh, Gillespie. Gonzalez was also a part of the Ultimate Fighter, and I haven't seen the growth that I've wanted to, and Gonzalez in other plays, I would play him, but when we were talking about prospects with Ledette and Usman, Gillespie's in that boat of, guys, it's going to make a run. This whole card really looks fun because... We're going to see if these guys can make that next step. And Gillespie's coming off of high D1 wrestling credentials. I believe he was a champion in a few uh, organizations. Came off of wrestling. Had a little break from sports in general. Came back at his 9-0 for a reason. Tons of pressure by Gregor Gillespie. He goes in there ultra confident with his hands because I feel like he feels that wrestling is always his base to fall back on. And... I was just retweeting some of Gillespie's scramble ability, which in as a former wrestler, a guy that scrambles hard on you is 10 times harder than a strong guy. Because a guy that scrambles all day on you means you have to scramble, and it just grinds your soul away. And Gillespie can do that for three rounds heavy. He's done it multiple fights over. Gillespie has okay knockout power. I feel like his knockouts come more when after pressure more into the second and third rounds of his fights because he's just, he keeps coming at guys and guys are like, fuck this. All right, knock me out. I'm out. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's the way this is going to go for Gonzalez. I just don't see where Gonzalez wins this fight. I think on the ground, I just see every check mark for Gillespie. I think Gonzalez is just here to be a stepping stone potentially. He's going to have another fight. He's got a checkered pass already through his fight career. Uh, I don't think this is the final time we'll see Gonzalez, but I think I got another guy who's up there in the DK that I'm going to want to put on a couple cards because I think that this is a finished TKO round two. 
for Gillespie, Brandon Pound. How do you feel this is going? Wow. You, I had Gillespie decision. I like everything about him. I think he's a prospect. I just, I don't. Yeah, I thought Gonzalez was younger. I thought he was like 28, and I wanted to give him a lot more time to grow. Now that I'm looking at him, and he's a 31-year-old guy. He's instantly a contender. Yeah, Gonzalez is almost 32 years old, and I really just like Gillespie. Um, I got decision Gillespie, but I think I'm going to change that. I'm going to just split the hairs here with your round two pick and go with round three. I like that. I think it's gonna it's gonna be a big upset if that goes the other way because right now Galiski is a minus four twenty five favorite to a plus one or plus three fifty underdog for Gonzalez and and I actually think he's a safer bet on DK as one of the more expensive guys. Ugh, if it gets into that grind, it could fucking cost a lot of points because there might not be reversals at all. It could just sit there in a stalemate for a round. Uh, I might put him on a few cards. I'm gonna have him speckled through with some other expensive. Guys. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's not. We're not gonna be able to put him all on some. But moving on to the next fight, we have a middleweight bat at 185 pounds. Hector, the show weather show eater. Hector Lombard versus Anthony Smith. Um, Hector Lombard's coming off of a three-fight losing streak. Anthony Lionheart Smith. Um, Hector Lombard's coming off a three-fight losing streak, and then he also had a fight turned over to Josh Berkman due to popping on steroids, which uh, I'm not surprised. Just look at Hector Lombard. <laughs> look at Hector Lombard. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. He looks like a goddamn ape. He looks like a ball, uh, just a muscle. One solid muscle. He's just a thumb. The dude is a fucking tank. So, Hector Lombard at 39 years old looks like a roided out 20 year old most of the time. I think we really have to watch with Lombard on this testing because I think he could pop. We're, we have to see weigh-ins. He's just somebody who's never passed that look test. It's just someone who's never passed that smell test via Joe Rogan. It's just, you know, when you can... So, whether he gets caught or not. Uh, those fighters that... Lombard's losing two are to unanimous decision to Johnny Hendricks at 185 pounds. Dan Henderson in one of the most vicious elbow knockouts you ever seen in your life. And prior to that, also losing to Neil Magny TKO due to gas tank failure. Lombard gases, gases, gases. He's 39 years old. We know what we're getting with Hector Lombard. He's not changing his game plan at all. His judo Olympic level judo, great hips, great wrestling, mega throws, tons of power, but he has that for three, two minutes, three minutes. I mean, there's, I don't think I've ever seen him in the second round. He has power into the third round, but it's the the, it, the ability of that diminishes so quickly uh, after those first three minutes because he just blows up on you. And if you can take it like his last three or four fights have, you can beat him. With that, Anthony Smith uh, is coming off of a 27-12 and 12 record. He's going to be the taller fighter, being 6'2 to Lombard's 5'9, and also have a 4-inch reach advantage, uh, 75 inches to Lombard's 71. Uh, Anthony Smith is coming off of a TKO win over Sanchez. It was a KO. 
And then he also TKO'd Elvis Mutantich. A loss as of late for Anthony Smith was Cesar Ferreira, which was very wrestling based. And Leonardo, his previous to that, he has a decision over Jimenez. I feel like Anthony Smith is 29 years old, so 10 years younger, but I think he's finally starting to get into his own. He has a very checkered record, but he has power as well, and he's accurate. His movement in his last fight, I really, against Sanchez, Sanchez is nowhere near the caliber of anybody Hector Lombard has fought. Um, and Anthony Smith gets hurt in a lot of his fights. I I think Anthony Smith is getting in his own. I think it's all coming together. He's got really, really good angles. It's just whether his chin can hold up to that initial barrage because it's coming. It is coming. And I think this Power is a 50-50. is the last thing to go. Exactly. So Hector Lombard, and if he pops in, it's his last fight. Oh well, he wins. He gets that paycheck potentially, and then it's just like whatever. But uh, this is a near even fight at minus one fifteen, minus one fifteen, both fighters. So this is fifty fifty on topology. This is fifty fifty, and actually the slight advantage in the TKO ability people are giving to Lombard. Like I'm saying, Anthony Smith is really starting to move his head well and get away from there, but. It just takes Lombard. He did it to Dan Henderson, but Dan Henderson, do you remember? He popped him. Dan Henderson's all sorts of hurt. He did it to Magni too. And he threw 50 punches in 30 seconds. And most people. Like a tank. Yeah, most people that want to fight will stay up to that. And Anthony Smith, at times, I feel like in that decision to Ferreira, he got out wrestled. And we know Hector Lombard's <coughs> coming out striking. I got Hector Lombard TKO round one. How do you feel about this goddamn fight? I'm so flipped on this. How much are they on DraftKings? I think this one's the one that's going to be like 8-1, 8-1. Um, let's see. And, oh, pulling it up. We got that slow internet, that hurricane internet. <laughs> we got that Irma net. <laughs> oh, damn. I'm, and it's reloading me. It kicked me all the way out. I love me some DraftKings, but sometimes it is a pain in the dick to, to manage through some of these guys. So, the odds for Lombard is 8181. This is 50-50 all the way around. So, this is one, my first instincts of this is that I really want to stay away from it all night. This is one of those fights that... I, it's a card killer. Yes. This fight's yes. a card killer. Yes. Somebody's going to get 0.2 points or 0.5 points, and you're like, what? I can come back from a lot of things, but now all my 100 pluses don't even matter. All my 120s and 123s yes. don't even matter, all from this. But on my cheap, a couple cheaper cards. Yep. I go the other way with this. I have white. Only. You have Smith. Or, yeah, Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, Anthony Smith. I just think uh, Hector Lombard is a finger hold in the mountain of bodies that a young fighter this would have to climb If he doesn't point. win this, he's done, right? No, this is what I think. Ooh. If he's willing to fight, he's fighting for money. How many... We, we have one big fighter, one other big fighter, but he isn't the fighter that drew in the initial crowd. 
Um, but there isn't a lot of other Cuban fighters, and it seems like they'd have a big base of fans. And for the same reason we are watching an old Brazilian guy fight on it, it's that market. They're trying to f- fill in all the holes of a market. I just don't see Lombard faring well. I know what his game plan is going to be. I hate to say this, and I could just I could get a barrage of hate. I think Judo's dead in the UFC. <laughs> Gasp. What do you think? Like, uh, I think that in its highest forms, there is plot applicable um, a- aspects of it that are. So I don't think it's that. I think that judo's are well in live in MMA. I would like to see more practitioners, but it's not. It doesn't translate over as well as American wrestling or Russian wrestling or. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Boxing has a tough time. That's one of the tough ones that everybody's like, it's always splitting that up. Boxing's awesome. You just have to... The footwork's so different than most other sports. You have to have some sort of other... Right, Anyways, yeah. So we're split 50-50 here. I'm going to stay away from this all day. I might have it on a card or two on my cheapest cards, and I'll pick uh, Smith. You want to know a little bean secret? Yeah. This is where... On this night that is 50-50 or like slight underdogs, people that really have shots, I'll put a card together that'll be the opposite of what I pick to cover my bases unless I know that there's a Ledet or a Usman on there. I'll put those two guys on, but I'll split my 50-50 guys and change my last three guys and put and mix them up. Because I know those two guys, potentially, I do got to be careful with overstacking those one or two heavy favorite guys because they are going to be expensive, but um, it's a little bean secret. I didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope our audience did. <laughs> so I'll have you to... Don't have to re- they probably <laughs> got it. They probably got it. All it's right. probably me. I have Hurricane Rain. <laughs> it has been a little sluggish out there. I'm feeling it. It's been a couple of days. Salt and pepper in things. This is one of those ones you can salt and pepper in them. Because it could be a knockout. It could either way. Points, or it could be 0.5. I do think that this is a not a decision, though. Right? We both either see it. Either of us see it. As, it right? Or parlay, or a good bet to do on Bovada would be that you see a finish in this. I bet you that's going to be through the roof, though. People are like, duh, that's not going to yeah. go. Than just, like, it's not something we don't need yeah. to big up. Okay. Moving on to the next fight. In the co-main event, we have Mike Platinum Perry. He was going to fight. Who's his nuts? Alex Reyes. No, he was going to fight. Uh, this is a short notice replacement with like four days. He was going to fight Tiago Alves. Alves fell out with injury as of like a day ago, like two days ago. This is like as short. This is within a week, six days notice. Alex Reyes is coming in, debuting against Mike Platinum Perry. We don't have to explain a ton, even though I'm going to say that I did get to watch a couple fights for... Is Mike uh, Perry the most expensive fighter on DK? No, he's not. Huh. He's not. He's not. Um, Alex White... Or... <laughs> <laughs> we keep calling everyone White. White, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alex Reyes has knockout fan finishes alike in his 13-2 and two career. He's been waiting and itching to get into the UFC. This is the opportunity for him. I think that uh, Reyes can give anybody a run for their money in the division. I liked what I saw with him. He isn't fighting the, cal- the caliber of uh, fighter uh, Mike Perry, but King of the Cage has brought us people like 
other good fighters. King of the Cage is known for bringing other guys up, but either way, I think Reyes, even though in this loss he's going to make a good showing for himself because I feel like he's going to go out there and try to brawl with Platinum Perry, and Perry does that. Perry takes damage. What scares me with Perry is that eventually that chin is going to give out. And it's I don't know if it's going to be this fight, next fight, or the fight after. We already seen it give out. He has one loss in Mike Perry's decision loss to Alan Joban. That's the only time. Oh, uh, I thought he got knocked He's out. been knocked down in yeah. almost every fight. There's not a fight. Mike Perry puts his head down, uses his boxing, but it's really winging punches. He has, at the UFC... Uh, Spring gym in Winter Springs, I believe that's Florida. Yep, in Orlando and out of California, the Cage Combat Academy is the taller fighter at five eleven, Gonzalez or Reyes. I think Perry's gonna end up getting a TKO round two just because I'm gonna give Reyes benefit of the doubt and think he knows he's going in there an underdog and has nothing to lose. This is going to be a flashy fight. Perry's up there in DK. I think he's the most expensive fighter, and it makes sense on six days' notice. Reyes was preparing for a fight. He last fought a month ago, so I know that it, he was preparing as in he was thinking about asking another fighter getting in the gym and was like, hey, you want to fight in six days? So we'll see at weigh-ins what Reyes looks like, but I got Perry to get around too. How do you feel about this one? I think taking this fighter on short notice was a dangerous mistake for Platinum Mike Perry. He was prepared to go in there and swing with somebody and do what he does best, and now he's going in there with a guy that has a mean-ass ground game. I think he's going to get caught up when he's dry early in round two. I think he's going to get submitted. I just think he is planned for a whole different fight for here, and I kind of like Mike Perry and not to take anything away from his wins or what he has going on but I think it's his antics out of the ring and the shit he says in the pressers that make him an interesting fighter yeah. and he has enough, his uh, wins have been gruesome enough for everyone to remember them and then so the shit he called out of knocking somebody out or whatever happens it makes everyone like him I like Mike Perry a lot I had him in the fight against Alves I don't I like Reyes a lot. I think he's crawling up the rungs, and I just think he's not going to go in there and try to swing with Mike Perry. He's going to be smart, and he's going to catch him up, and Mike Perry's not planning for a submission attack in a ground game, and he hasn't been training for that. So I'm going to pick a crazy weird underdog here. I probably won't put this all over my cards, only because I don't need to be so risky. I think that Mike Perry bit off a little more than he can chew, Holy and I got shit. Alex Reyes submission round two. Holy shit, that it's is crazy! It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Mike Perry has shown pretty good takedown defense. Uh, Joe Ban did get him, but it was more just clinch on the cage that Joe Ban fight that he ended up losing. So this is gonna be a fun one either way. If it gets to the ground, my jaw is going to be open because Lesbo was all in on this and she definitely called it. If they don't have the odds, but I feel like this is going to be a 5-6-1 to one favorite for Mike Perry. He just, what is there to explain? He's yeah, Alex Reyes doesn't even have a ranking. Exactly, because he's debuting as a co-main event. So, 
good on Reyes. I hope that he can last into the second round and puts on a show and people win or lose like that guy. He gets another Rear fight. naked choke. Rear naked choke. Woo! I see. Rear naked choke Reyes. So, moving on to the main <laughs> event. It's crazy. I can't even believe I'm saying it because I wouldn't that's have made Barry over Alvis. Wow. I have, me too. But I, I just thought Barry they were going to stand and throw, yep. and that's the fight I saw. And yep. I'm like, who stands and throws with Mike Perry and wins that? Yep. Hardly anybody. This is a whole different fight. This is, And if Mike Perry had time to prepare for this fight, I would pick Mike Perry. Yep. On this short of a notice, it just worries me. Moving on. I don't even have to... I don't even have to think about it. I probably won't have it on too many things, but it'll be that. This will be the one that if I end up in crazy money, this will be the one in that. In first place. Oh, wake up somebody. Yeah, you'll be the 5% of people that picks it if there's like, when you see the statistics on the DKs. Yeah. So far with my, and maybe I'm going crazy with my picks because it's been hurricane week and my last week was so shitty. I'm like, I gotta mix it up. Mix it up. <laughs> to the main event, we go to the. Middleweight division at 185 pounds. The former champion Luke Rockhold taking on David Branch, the two-time two-division uh, WSOF champion. David Branch is 21 and three to Luke Rockhold's 15 and three. Luke Rockhold has been fighting at a championship level ever since he was in Strike Force. His only losses are coming to the likes of Greg Arnasasi. Um, and a couple other, I think, Zusa, Jacare Souza was in there as well. Uh, David Branch, I don't think he's lost in the UFC since he's come back. I think his losses are in the UFC. He got out and has been on a massive streak. He's a decision fighter. He goes, his submissions is where David Branch likes to go. But... Um, nobody's really been able to stifle him. David Branch... Just came out on a big interview talking how a lot of shit essentially saying like I don't give a fuck what people say. I'm 35 years old. I have 21 and three. People have said that I'm a decision fighter from now on. I get paid to fight and I get paid to win, and I need that paycheck. So I'm gonna win whatever way I can. So he is the epitome of a point fighter in that sense. He gets That's decisions. That's all may have to say instead of. All the other bullshit. He could just come out and say just that. Right. Right, right, right. But instead, he just went on for like 45 minutes on just like... Because he tended to be a quiet fighter, but he really blew up on Ariel and was just like, I fucking really hate how people are talking all this shit on me um, and how nobody gives me a shot. And the reason they don't give him a shot is because a lot of people feel that Luke Rockhold was in a weird headspace because of his father passing overlooked Michael Bisping and was somewhat of a flash knockout and Luke Rockhold has all the championship ability that you can think of standing striking he's taken on the top five and beaten the top five to earn that belt uh, I think it's a matter of time tell Rockhold if at his 32 years old if he wants to do it much longer I think there's he's always going to be a contender in those top three until he decides to step away I have Rockhold submission round four. I feel like Rockhold has just done those five rounders more than Branch. Branch has a couple in the WSOF, but the best in the world is UFC. And I think that this actually kind of shows the WSOF versus our current champ. Even though Rockhold lost fair and square, I feel like it's a matter of time till Rockhold gets the belt back. So this is going to be that like Bellator challenging UFC kind of like. Are you good enough? And 
I think it's going to be boring for the first couple rounds, but I just, everywhere this fight goes, I have a submission round for Luke Rockhold because I think that Branch is going to want to take it there. Luke Rockhold doesn't care. He loves the ground game. He's over at AKA with uh, the likes of Velasquez and DC. DC, baby. The new, and still, champion. And still. Um, so, the, I think this is a heavy favorite at minus. 550 for Luke Rockhold to the plus um, 400 for the heavy underdog David Branch. How do you see this one going down? I don't think this is going to be the welcome back that Rockhold wants. I'm so excited to have him back. I'm yep. so excited to have him back. His gym is injury prone, but DCs look good. DC's come out and look good, and he looked actually great in his Amazing. last few rounds before yep. the bad stuff, yep. before the juice kicked in. Um, I want to see Rockhold come out here and look amazing, but I agree with you wholeheartedly. The first three rounds are going to be boring. They are going to be a boring grind. It's going to be very defensive. Exactly. Both sides, both sides, both sides. They're both going to be close to each other. We might see some, you know, a couple of ugly elbows from Rockhold. Uh, Rockhold is fighting guys like DC. If you don't think uh, he can handle a guy like David Branch, you're crazy. Um, I just think it's going to be boring at first and it's going to go a little longer than expected. I think ring rust is real. I think it's going to take Luke Rockhold a few rounds. Um, I just don't think he can sleep on David Branch. David Branch is one of those guys that he might be in the UFC for another two years and every time you hear his name you might say, who? <laughs> this he's in a main event, and you still might not know who he is after this. So, I agree um, with that. 100%. I I think he could surprise everyone here. I just I'm this is a heart pick and a head pick. I'm gonna go with Luke Rockhold, and I'm gonna go with submission round five, only to be different because I had decision originally. Um, but I forgot it was a five-round fight, and you say in submission four makes total sense to me. I just think David Branch needs this. Yes. It's not his ego that needs this. It's feeding his family, yep. and that's sometimes a bigger thing. Motivator. Yeah, motivator than ego. I want to see Luke back in. I want to see him Bisping. Um, obviously, that's the fight. I want to see Bisping fight. I know Whitaker, but I would like to see Rockhold Whitaker as well. So um, I hope he comes out and wins. That's all I got to say about that. So as far as DK, I feel like we need to pick a car a fighter who's our underdog, and I don't know if we I have even know we agreed on any. I don't think we did uh, as underdogs. This is a gonna be a turbulent fight card to say the least there's gonna be upsets here i think for money wise though we both thought that would martin by cost either that or hall i like your at hall by cost you were saying somebody else too that was it burn sago at the beginning yeah that we said Sago was because he'll be so cheap that he'll be worth it to put every on every one of your cards to afford another expensive guy. We might have... Maybe it doesn't deserve one. If there isn't one, it doesn't deserve one. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, I think that's a better that's call. That's it. For I all think things, Lesbo and Naveen, 
follow us on Twitter at Lesbo and the Bean. And if we come out with anything beforehand, maybe we'll do a live event. Who knows what will happen from the hurricane? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? And uh, lesboandthebean.com. Lesbo and the Bean!